Yo, 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 what's up, family? So, real quick, so I'm going to insert bloopers um, <laughs> before the podcast even starts, y'all. Um, Brianna is hilarious, yo, like, seriously. Um, so, it's about two minutes and exactly one second of bloopers. However, if you don't want to listen to it, um, just fast forward it to the two minute, one second mark, and boom, you're in a podcast. I'm inserting that right about now. Huh? You normally record the podcast on speaker? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Unless it uh, corrects you. It's recorded now. Wow. Ooh, I'm recording the podcast. Please. Yeah, let this be, let this be the intro. Me fussing. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> You got AirPods in now. I no? do, but it's it's not connected to the iPad though. Hold on. What is going no, on? Unless unless the recording like cleans up the audio, it's cool. But it just sounds real airy. It doesn't sound mic'd up. You want to sound mic'd up? Look, I, I gotta I gotta be better. See. No, All 2023. I'm going to give you insight. I'm not going to let you be out here failing. No, that ain't me. <laughs> That's not it at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. Audio, I, I am audio and visuals. I am all audio and visuals. So you know, the audio not right. You going to let me know. I'm going to let you know. Yeah. Go ahead, do, it, do it sound better now? It sounds closer. It doesn't sound as airy. What'd you do? Are you just closer to the? Yeah, because I'm doing it on my iPad. So I just move closer and put it on voice isolation. Yeah, there you go. Yes, it sounds better. I can still hear a little air, but, you know, I'm sure the podcast will, you can clean that up. Yeah. You, you yeah, can denoise it in post. Time up. Are you, you patting your head right now? Oh, you can hear that? Yeah. Let me put my journal voice isolation. Crazy Lord. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't patting my head there. Oh. <laughs> can we talk? I am your host, Elijah Wright, and I am elated to have you. Here on CTP, we will be discussing various topics that will make some uncomfortable and others highly intrigued. But before anything, we are a faith-based podcast. Um, On this episode, we will be discussing the topic relationships and how to navigate relationships within our generation. And to help us with that. I would like to introduce a super intelligent woman um, that I have had the pleasure of getting to know. Um, She is a highly skilled creative director. So if you need anything media-wise, hit her up. Um, She is a business owner of a media management company titled Brianna Danielle Media Management Group. And she is also a powerful, y'all, this woman is so powerful, my God, 
Jesus. She's a powerful woman of God. So without further ado, the illustrious Miss Brianna Danielle, welcome to CTP. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Excited. Of course. Like, it's definitely a no-brainer. <laughs> no so we're just going to jump right into it. Let's do it. So what does it mean to you to be a safe space and what needs to be done internally to get to a point of becoming a safe space for someone? That's a really great question. Um, I would most definitely say uh, internal work. That's the first thing. Um, mm -hmm. I have to be a safe space for myself before I'm a safe space for anyone else. Uh, and with that, uh, becoming a safe space for myself is understanding me, taking time mm -hmm. to dissect the different parts of me, parts of me that I like, the parts of me that I don't like, uh, the different parts and all the above, right? So mm -hmm. once I take that time to, you know, understand Brianna and unpack Brianna, and I'm okay with the good parts and the bad parts, but I'm also in a place where I can have a conversation with myself about the good parts and bad parts and not condemn myself, I am being, mm. it's easier to be a safe place, safe space for someone else. Um, I think, you know, that's what helped me was truly submitting to the Holy Spirit and understanding me first and mm. understanding how much grace God has given me in my mindsets and my thinking and my mistakes to do and all the above. So the understanding, you know, how God's love is and how God has been a safe space. It allows me, you know, to be that for someone else. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so what what would you recommend? Um, let's say there there's a young woman that's mm -hmm. listening and she's like just really she she finds a gentleman attractive um and he's he wants to pursue her. Um mm -hmm. But she's having a hard time doing that eternal eternal work, um, internal work. Um, what would be like? What would you recommend as like the first three or five, three to five steps that she takes first? This is for a believer and non-believer. Um, ooh, let's spice it up. Let's spice it up. Let's do both. Okay. Cool. Well, that's great. I'm glad, glad you said both because the answer is easy for both. Um, a relationship with God um, for the non-believer and for the believer. Right? We mm -hmm. understand that we didn't create ourselves. There's mm -hmm. something greater. Um, and the truth behind the something greater is Jesus Christ. Right? So mm -hmm. if I go to the creator, if I submit to the creator, the creator will expose all parts of me. He'll expose the mature parts and the immature parts, the parts that are fully, you know, blossomed and the parts that need some work. I cannot mm -hmm. give, there is no self-help book that I've read. There's no emotional intelligence series that I've come in contact with um, that truly helped me evolve and become. Um, the, the person that helped me evolve and become was the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't, there's no cheat code beyond that. 
You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, well, if you do this, this, and this, in this order, you you got it. You're good. Nah, baby. You probably want to <laughs> tap in with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, you probably want to dive into the Holy Spirit and understand not only what God says about you, what his word says about you, because that's what he's yeah. saying about you, too. You know, and I would say that's the ultimate cheat code. If there's any cheat code, submitting to God is the ultimate one. It's the ultimate one. Um, and in my process of when I realized I didn't know too much about myself and I didn't know too much about relationships and love and patience and being a safe space when I was jacked up, mm-hmm. um, was, I was 25 and I realized I was like, yeah, I don't have it. I thought I did. I thought I was ready for marriage. I thought I was ready for children. I thought I was ready for just the greater things in life that people, you know, Mm-hmm. you were ready for at 25 as a believer but mm, I had no idea what I was doing um, and I told God it was right after a really incredible heartbreak breakup mm-hmm. um, that I said Lord this heartbreak this breakup I want you to get the glory out of this I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to be this way a year from now two years from now five years from now you know and yeah he did that work. And it was a time that I was begging. I was praying that God would let me go to therapy. I was praying that he would. And therapy is really great. I, you know, I suggest people, you know, to do it. But during this portion, the, during this part of my life, he was like, no, do you trust me to be that? Do you trust me to be your therapist? Do you trust me to reveal the things within you that you need okay. to work on? Do you Do you trust me to show you the root of things that, cause this this and this do you trust me to show you why you respond this way in this situation where does it come from all the things and he did that um so that's why i would say the ultimate cheat goal is literally submitting to god not as not just as um god of heaven and the earth but submitting to him as god the father you know um and Mm -hmm. i think that you know that will help the believer and the unbeliever um yeah Okay. So Mm -hmm. now another question because it just transitioned right into this one actually. Um, Why is the desire to be in a relationship so much greater than the desire to have a relationship with Christ? Who are we talking about? Um, (laughs) People. The yeah, like the, the <laughs> believers, like some some believers, um, uh-huh. the non-believers as well. Like, why why is that relationship to be with somebody? For sure, greater so than greater God. Than, yeah, than um, they're wanting to have that intimate relationship with God or just sure. get to know God. For sure, solid question. Um, you got to think about life. Our life is about we live a tangible life. Mm-hmm. We know that we need to have a house. We know that mm-hmm. we need to have a bed in that house. You know, we need, know we need to have a toilet, a shower. We need to have a couch, a, a television, right? We know we need tangible things in our home to make it, in our house to make it a home. Or we need tangible things in our life to enjoy life. God is, in a way, intent. Like, we can't see, we can't feel him tangibly. You, get, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, my couch and my pillows that I'm looking at, I can see my couch and my pillows. And I can say, hey, I want to try a new color this season. Let me go to the mall and get a new set of pillows 
because the seasons are changing. I know I can go in the store, see what I want, pick it up off the shelf, take it home, and instantly have what I asked for. Mm-hmm. That's totally we. It's not different with God, but it's easier to go to the store and pick up something. Sitting yeah. in God's presence, it takes a little bit more work. So I feel like um, relationships, people seek relationships more than they seek God for those who do. Um, because, hey, asking someone, hey, you want to date? You want to go out? is easier than waiting on God to say, hey, this is the person that I want you to talk to. Or, hey, this is, you know, the route I want you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a tangible thing versus an intangible. It's in gratification. Uh, with God, God is going to work on you before he puts you in the face of somebody else. And a lot of times he'll tell you not to date that person and not to do that thing. Um, and sometimes we still do. Uh, mm-hmm. But our father in heaven sees more than we see. And I think a lot of times it it leans back on the trust thing. Do I trust God more than I trust my emotions in this moment? If I trust God more than I trust my emotions in this moment, I'm okay with being single now and waiting for what he has for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I mm. think that I think that's it. So where where does that mm, where where does that that sense of or that want for instant gratification come from? Like especially, <laughs> like <laughs> it's our human yeah, nature. I... It's our human nature. Mm-hmm. Our human nature is simple. Our human nature is simple. If you think about it, in the beginning and when they were in the garden, God mm-hmm. told them, "You, we, I have made you in my image." That Adam and Eve was Adam was literally made in the image of God. He was walking with God. Satan comes and says, "Hey, you can have this, this, and this." And no, and no, this, this, and this. Don't you want this? Take a bite of this, and you can have it as soon as you have. You know, like it's a part of our simple. It's a part of our sin nature um, mm-hmm. that is <laughs> was woven in place um, in the beginning. Um, even you can see it all throughout the Bible. Even with um, Cain and Abel, instant gratification. What made yeah. sense to him? He held on to something, and one gave up something. Um, Because they understood and they appreciated God more um, Mm -hmm. than, you know, what they possess. So that's why it's just simple nature. You got to think at the end of the day, like this life on earth is is a constant, a constant tug of war for the flesh and the things of God. And whatever we give into, like, that's what wins in that moment. But we always have the opportunity to let the spirit of God win within us as well. So you just got to think like we are spiritual beings living in fleshly bod- bodies. Everything that comes with being flesh and being sin is, is literally wrapped around us. Um, but that's why walking with God is truly important because we're forever going to fail in our own strength. We're mm-hmm. forever going to like drop the ball in our own strength. But, yeah. <laughs> Man, look, I want y'all to key into something, right? Men take the brunt of sin, okay? Hear me, I'm saying this. And if you got a problem with it, look, hit my DMs. Anywho, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Because this, okay. Mm, I don't, I don't want to go that route. Okay. Keep it going, let's dive into it. <laughs> like, let's, let, let, let's, let's go deeper. Right, okay. because 
you know, I I like all these politically correct answers you're okay. giving. I love them. <laughs> you think they're politically correct? This is uh, the truth. This is my life. This is no, my life. <laughs> but I like, yo, like I I I I know I know you're deeper. Okay. And I I, I feel like, man. Let's go there. Let's jump into it then. Yeah. Like what 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 is what is one of the biggest problems in in your opinion nowadays that that makes it um difficult um to to desire that that more intimate relationship with God like What is it, in my opinion, that causes people to not truly desire the intimate relationship with God? Yeah. <laughs> Accountability. Um, Yo. The more you submit. <laughs> what are you, why are you laughing? Because, uh, <laughs> we, I was just having this conversation um, last night with Ross and, yeah. and a few other people from DAG. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. Was accountability one of them? <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. It's accountability. The more I mm-hmm. am submitted to something, the more I cannot just do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it's <laughs> just like if you think of like school, like high school. Mm-hmm. You stay out of a teacher way, they don't really know what you're doing. But the closer yeah. you get to that classroom, the more you, you know, you curse a little quieter. You're not yelling mm-hmm. as loud as you were down the hall. You know, you probably putting your phone. Back in the day, they didn't let us have phone to school. You probably putting your phone in your book bag. You know, you getting yourself together and you putting on the front. The closer you get mm-hmm. to that classroom, you're literally putting on, hey, Miss, hey, Miss Ross. How you doing, Miss Ross? You look great, Miss Ross. You look awesome. Yeah. That's that's how we treat God. Or we worship yeah. you. We adore you. We magnify your name. You are God in our lives. We surrender. Purify us like fire. Do it, God. But down the hall, we cussing and fussing. We don't love our neighbor. You know? That's all it is. It's accountability thing. Like, (laughs) it's easy. That's easy. Yo. I want to be held accountable. That's literally how we treat God. All right. We get close to you. All right. I love you, Lord. I truly do. But down the hall was, man, I don't care about this class. Man, I got it. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how we do God. That's how we do God. Um, but to those who understand, it, it was people in high school that truly understand, who truly understood the power of being a good steward over their classes, being a good steward yeah. over good steward over turning their work in on time they were a good steward over like doing the extra research to understand the subject there were kids Mm -hmm. that literally understood the importance of their now um and what their now was doing their sacrificing their now was preparing them for their college journey they knew it was preparing them for the future if we Mm -hmm. understood that this life here on earth is literally preparing us for eternity, we might take it a little more serious. We might mm-hmm. love our neighbor. We might truly want to be submitted to him. 
because mm-hmm. our how we live our lives now should be 100% worship to our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Everything I do when I wake up, it should be worship. My mindset should be, wow, Lord, you gave me another day. How in the world can I submit myself back to you and worship you in everything I do? That means mm-hmm. I ain't cussing people out when I'm headed to the gym. That means when Jeez. I get to the gym, I'm showing love. That means I'm mindful of the people around me. It's not, oh, I'm going to wait till Sunday when I get the opportunity to worship. It's oh, no, God. my Monday through <laughs> Saturday got to look like God. And mm-hmm. when people see me, my prayer is, Lord, they don't see Brianna. They don't see Brianna Danielle. They don't see this business. They don't see in that stuff, but they see you. Mm-hmm. I literally have people walk up to me and say, oh, my gosh, like, when you walk in the room, like, everyone around is, like, so happy to see you. You just bring joy to it. It ain't me. I promise you it's not me. Oh, my gosh, you were just so gorgeous. And I walk away like, God, you showing up because they see you because I ain't that cute. You know, like, that's really my thing. Like, in every moment, I'm mindful of the people I come in contact with. I'm mindful that this may be the only time they get to see God. So like I was saying, um, the analogy that I gave you was like school. Those people who understood that and stewarded their assignments in high school well knew that it was preparing them for what was next. If we steward our days well, being submitted into worship, we are literally preparing our hearts and our mind and our spirits for what's next and what's next and what's next and what's next. Mm-hmm. So um, accountability is is the name of the game. And yeah, understanding what you really desire. Man, I love God more than I love food. I love God more than I love yeah. <laughs> um, what I wear. I love God more than I love where, where I live. I love God mm-hmm. more than my schedule. I love God more than my business. I love God more than I love my money. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that is my heart posture about everything, he'll make sure all my chips line up. He'll make sure everything else is in play. That was a great question. So, <laughs> so e- even with that, like you have some people that say, um, what is it? Well, I love God, but I can still do this. Mm-hmm. Or I love God and I can still do that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, mm-hmm. I love God enough where I can come to church on Sunday. I can I can be one of the, the leads. And, and then after church, I can go get drunk. I can go jump on the table and start twerking. You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with twerking? Watch it. What's wrong with twerking? <laughs> <laughs> and so like oh, what 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 would you say to that and 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 again because that I feel like that was like too directed towards women. So let, let me even mm-hmm. say it this way. Um I love God, but I can still go sleep with this woman. For sure. I, I love God. I can still go um go to this bar and and leave with this woman and leave with this woman. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> when I, it, I hear that, I, it's like my question great. is, and, and it's like you know we can't really question anybody's relationship, but mm-hmm. it's like, bro, do you really love God? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I got you, I got you, and I love that. I love that you brought that up. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> I would say just like this, I love my parents. Mm-hmm. I love my parents. I love my mother. And my mother would tell me not to do things. And I would still go do it. 
Mm-hmm. I still smoke weed. I still drink. I still had sex. But I love my mom so much. Mm-hmm. I loved her so, so, so much. Um, but I wasn't submitted to understanding why. Mm. Why she gave me specific instructions for my life. Yeah. If I would have heeded to her instructions in that time, if I would have listened to Brianna, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't drink, don't have eggs, where would my life be right now if I would have actually listened to her? Um, mm-hmm. I would say the Bible gives us really great instructions on what to do, what not to do, how to live our lives. It's a great blueprint on what we should stand by on what's right and wrong, right? It's mm-hmm. incredible. Along with the Bible, we must ask for the Holy Spirit to teach us and convict us and correct us when we're outside of what God's will for us is, right? That's mm-hmm. one aspect of it. With that, it is super incredible to have godly counsel and accountability around us to say, hey, yeah, like to discuss these scriptures and mm-hmm. talk about them and break them down so it makes sense. That's what discipleship is about. We need discipleship <laughs> um, as well. Discipleship is key because, yeah, my Bible may tell me don't do this and this and this, but you know our generation. Why? Why not? Huh? Facts. Why? What you mean? What you mean? God gave us weed. What you mean? But for you, Mr. Man with asthma, it might not be the best reason. It, it, that might not be the best thing for you, Mr. Asthma. You mm-hmm. know, you, the Lord told me not to be, I mean, the Bible says don't be gluttonous, don't overeat. Why? For you, Miss Obesity, it might be, it might not be the best thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might right. not be the best route for your life. Um, mm-hmm. But like I tell people all the time, it's not my job. I mean, the Bible lets us know, you know, it gives us a blueprint, what's right, what's wrong, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Holy Spirit is there as well. We must have God to understand what the word is talking about. We can't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense without the spirit of God, right? On top of that, being submitted and having a relationship with God for yourself is key. Mm -hmm. My relationship with God, my, like for myself, has been what saved my life because he gives me specific instructions outside of the Bible, you know, that lines up with the Bible, but he gives me instructions about my life that may not be written blatantly in the, in the scripture. For me, the older I got, the less I needed to be eating cookies and ice cream and gluten stuff. Mm -hmm. But the Lord, one, one um, year of my life, he said, Brianna, stop eating bread. I said, what do you mean? I like bread. It's just bread. <laughs> huh? What? How I'm getting number one at Chick Fil A if I can't eat bread, Lord? I'm just mm. eating a fried fillet. <laughs> what do you mean? But I understood. He told me that instruction in that season, and like I think two a year after that or whatever, I like formed this really bad gluten allergy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But me being submitted to Him, being God over everything, every part of my life. He was able to talk me and instruction me in ways that I needed to go. Like I have friends that are able to do this and that and they love God, like really love God and are submitted to God and understand his word to the T. But their life looks different than mine. Yeah. You know, they're called to places I'm not called to. I'm called to places they aren't called to. Where I'm called to, my life has to look a certain way. Not because people are going to accept it or not or whatever it may be. And there's certain things I can't show 
you know, people that follow me, people that I mentor and disciple that mm-hmm. I may be able to sit home and do. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Certain shows or whatever, like there's certain aspects of me that I am mindful of that everyone can't digest. And not because I'm trying to hide anything, but because everyone is not at the place where they can digest it. You know, yeah. it would, especially when someone is looking up to you to be an example, they're looking at what you do. And until yeah. they're in a place where they understand that God is my father and he, you know, makes him molds my life and he gives me instructions. Like mm-hmm. until they get to that place, I'm very mindful of everything. I'm very mindful. Lord, do I need to post that I'm drinking a smoothie? Do I need to post that, you know, I'm sitting at the bar eating my chicken? I might not be drinking, but I might be sitting at the bar doing some work, eating, um, drinking a glass of tea. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Am I in this place and the people around me, are they in a place where they can receive this without thinking that they can sit at the bar and they're battling them with alcoholism and not yeah. back to the cycle. You know, so you have to be mindful that God is a God who gives instructions for not only who you are as a person, but where mm-hmm. you're going um, as well. And being submitted to that is the greatest thing ever. So, that answer mm-hmm. your question? Sure. My God. I hope I answered your question, Mr. Wright. No, that that definitely did. And then, okay, so, and then how how do you feel about, um, before I make this transition, how, Mm -hmm. so, um, last night we were having this discussion about um, accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone had brought up, um, it's hard, it's hard for people to try to hold you accountable when you don't have a relationship with that person. For sure. So how important is it to build a relationship with someone before you try to hold them accountable? Or is it even important? Like, should we just as as the body just be able to hold one another accountable? <laughs> Without relationship? Without relationship. Uh, I feel like it's going to be very tough. I feel like that's going to be, uh, that's a very tough spot. And especially with this generation that is here. Sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not just sensitivity, but I don't know if I can say that. I ain't going to say it. Bro, who are you talking to? (laughs) Who are you talking to? Who who are you? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Ninja, who are are you talking to? Yeah. Like, (laughs) and and that's, that's understandable. Because who are you talking to? Tell me, tell Mm -hmm. me what I can and cannot do, what I can and cannot wear, what I should and should not do. I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? Just think about, just think about when we were, I mean, you've been saved all your life. You came out the womb, saved and shouting and preaching, right? But for me, I was not, (laughs) (laughs) I was not, I mean, I've been saved for a very long time, but I was not doing the things of God my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. and the thing is when I was in my sin, it felt real, real good. I had a really great time. I ain't even gonna lie to you. It was fun. Facts. It was great. I had a cool life. You know, I, I did really incredible things. So me seeing someone on the side of the street saying, you're going to hell, repent, be saved. You're going to hell. And they just yelling at me. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I got, I got a couple more years. I got a little bit more time. You know, that's just me. But just think about the person who's coming in who has no relationship, you know, and instantly that's how that's how we come off to people with no relation. We're believers. They're coming in for the first time and we want to give them rules and regulations. Like, bro, who are you? Why are you yelling at me with this sign? You know, but mm-hmm. 
for those of us when we cultivate relationship, I feel like <laughs> let's let's take it this route. God did not scream at me whew, when I decided mm-hmm. to give him my life. He did not tell me what was right, what was wrong, what was bad about me when I gave my life back to him. He did mm-hmm. not say, Brianna, you're doing this, this, and this, and this wrong. Get it together now. You can't do that. You can't. He didn't tell me that. He didn't tell me I couldn't worship him and lift up my hands and cry out to him when I was, you know, saying I wasn't going to do it this Sunday and then coming back hungover and out of somebody else's bed the next Sunday. You get what? He wasn't mm-hmm. yelling at me and condemning me. You know what he did? He loved me. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. He loved me. And he loved me. And even more, he be, I just felt his love more and more. Every time I messed up and dropped the ball and ended up waking up in somebody in, in my bed with somebody in my bed or hungover, he just loved me more. I just felt his love even more. Every time I just felt more and more and more love to the point that I was like, man, God loves me so much. Yeah. He loves me so much that even when I say I'm not going to do it again and I do it, he still loves me even more. (laughs) And then he loves me even more. And I said, wait, you know, he loves me so much. And for someone to love me this much, I don't want to keep hurting them. Uh Even though we're not, I mean, we we don't disappoint God, but, you know, it hurts. I don't want to keep sticking my middle finger up to God when he loves me so much. Mm -hmm. I just continue to feel the love, the love of God to the point that I was like, okay, God, not, it was never Brianna, this, this, and this is wrong. It was love, you know? Like, it wasn't even like. It was no kind of, it was love. There was no, and I would say even in the beginning stages, I don't even remember there being any conviction. Love Mm. convicted me. It was the pressure Mm. of love that convicted. You know, it wasn't conviction by itself. It was love that convicted me. And from that place, I was like, okay, you love me so much. And I love you so much. What is it in my life that doesn't look like you what is it in my life that is not as beneficial as I think it is and from mm-hmm. that point he began to show me the things that I was connected to and the relationships that I were, that I was in that did not please him and from there I began to love him so much that I didn't want anything that he didn't love or that you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. when we think about confronting people or addressing people or correcting people man let's love love the hell out of people because god love the hellish things out of me you know love people have communion with people (laughs) and even the spiritual sister um i had during at the time she wasn't brianna you don't need to do this you don't need to do that she loved when i say she loved me she continued to speak into my life. She continued to prophesy over me. She continued to say, all right, Bree, you know I love you. And keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you need. You know I love you. And it was at that point that love will break. Oh, Jesus. Love will break more than any condemnation will. The Bible says um, God wants us to have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Mm-hmm. 
Condemnation does not break your spirit. Condemnation makes you numb and stale to the things of God. Love will break a spirit. Ooh. Love, love will, you know, surrender a heart. What is it? When we're trying to cast out demons, when we're trying to, you know, deliver people, when we're, when, when we're delivering and casting out demons, we don't say, you did this, you did that, you did that. What mm -hmm. do we do? We call in the name of Jesus, and Jesus is what? Love. Mm -hmm. What? Are you telling me? <laughs> what are you saying to me right now? That's, yeah. that's the highlight clip. Yeah. <laughs> it's love at the end of the day. It's love. Love stole the keys from the hell, death, and the grave. He did that. Like, love did that. Love died on the cross for us, for our sins. Not condemnation. In his death, he literally said, Lord, forgive them because they know not what they do. Love did that. Mm -hmm. What are you talking to me about? So you think I'm going to walk up to my neighbor and say, oh, baby girl, you don't need to wear that skirt. You don't need to wear that dress. Oh, you need to stop smoking weed. No, nah, I'm going to love you. And the more you experience love, the more God will tell you what you need to do and what you don't need to do. That ain't my job. That's not my job. That's not my job. My job is to give you the truth, for sure. I'm going to give you the truth, but I'm going to wrap it. It's going to be so much love. And it's only going to be given when the Holy Spirit tells me to. Because mm -hmm. there's no point in me giving you the truth if you can't receive it at that moment. But you know what people can always receive? At their worst, mm -hmm. they can receive love. Mm -hmm. At their best, they can receive love. When the little kid running around throwing a temper tantrum, he can most definitely still receive love. Mm -hmm. When we groan and angry in the moment, we can still receive love. And any asp any emotional state, any space in life, love can all. That means Jesus can always be received. Mm. I'm done talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stressed about these answers. No, not at all. I love it. Um, <laughs> and so, like, even as you were talking about just love, um, I I can't remember the songwriter's name, but um, he wrote a song, and it said, "When all else fails, love lifted me." That's it. Yeah. I, I I think it's it's. Ooh, mm, Jesus got my tongue. Um. I think one of the hardest things in our generation is for people to actually give love because it's been rare that they've received it. For sure. And so it's like how it's like trying to teach a baby how to love. Mm. But the baby is, again, a baby. Like, all the baby know how to do is cry, whine, you know what I'm saying? Use a bathroom mm -hmm. on itself and repeat. Right. right so right, it's right. like, how, how, do you, how do you teach a baby how to love? You asking me how to teach a baby how to love? <laughs> That's what I mean, you're yeah, like, me. Yeah. How to teach a baby how to love? Yeah. You teach a baby how to love yeah. by loving a baby. The baby's not expected to love. You love. You know what happens when that baby realizes that you've been loving them and they've been fed and they've been comforted and every time they cry, you pick them up. Oh, I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. They might not understand the weight of love, 
But to their mm-hmm. capacity, they will. But they got to feel it. And if people have not felt love from people, from their mother, from their father, from their friends, from, the, from their neighbors, the ultimate gift was love from mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. You know, our God, our Father, loves us more than anyone could. You know why? Because he literally came down in flesh and died on a cross and rose from the dead and now is back on his throne and it is done. On the seventh day, God rested because it was done. Jesus, he's sitting on the right hand of the throne because it is done. He's not coming back off that throne until it's time to wrap this thing up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what what not only the not only did he do that, but he said, Wow, I not only love y'all so much that I put y'all, I create y'all. Down, I died for you. I raised from the dead, still the power from Satan. But not only do I love you that much, I'm gonna send a comforter, Jesus Christ, yeah. who also loves. <laughs> what are we talking about? So not only, I don't I'm not with you anymore. But I'm going to send my spirit of love to be with you, to do life with you. What? What are, what are we really saying? Yo. What are, we, <laughs> what are we really talking about? God don't love us? You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. He loves us tremendously. Mm-hmm. Excess love. Oh, I love All that. Excess love of he loves yeah. us. So, how do you teach a baby how to love? You love. You just love. If you've never experienced love, yo, keep calm. Our Heavenly Father. And those, a quick synopsis of what he did, what he's done for us. How does and how has trauma affected the modern day relationship, in your opinion? How has trauma affected the modern day relationship? That's a very mm-hmm. broad question. Um, so, in 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 the sense of, so let's let's look back at like grandparents, great grandparents. There's been in or aunts and uncles. There's been in relationships for 40, 50 plus years. For sure. Like they've endured trauma. Like for sure. So, but I feel like one of the biggest differences between th- that time and our time is um society will have you see or think oh if this isn't going this way leave you know what i'm saying right like versus back then it was like all right look let's work this bad boy out like let's 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 figure this out together um, I feel like we've had a conversation similar to this, and mm-hmm. um, my take on it, you know, my take is not law. My belief behind what was those people have been in years 50, 60, 70 years, they didn't have another mm-hmm. freaking option. They didn't Sounds. have another option. Mm-hmm. Really different. They weren't black business owners. <laughs> they were not black female business owners for a woman to, like, a system that was a system that was needed. Two yeah. two people in a household. That's what made sense. If I leave, mm-hmm. either she gonna take all my money and I'm gonna be living on the street, or if she leaves, where are me and these kids gonna go? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You bite the bullet. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so for the households that did, you know, I, for me, I will say, I believe, you know, I'm going to do my research. I would think we have to look at it like this, that on one side of it, people didn't have too many options or systems to yeah. succeed after leaving a marriage after mm-hmm. 40 years, after, you know, like they didn't have it. It worked because the two of them were making it work. One income wouldn't have made it work. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, I feel like those people, you know, they understood love. Like, they understood that it wasn't just love or an attraction that kept them. It was evolving. Um, I honestly believe the relationships that work the best, that are, you know, the most fruitful, are the ones where people continue to evolve, both the man and the woman continue to evolve and evolve with each other. You know, like, and have a mindset to evolve. So I would say even when, like, me dating, my mindset is, okay, I'm not going to be this almost 30. I'm almost 30 now. So I'm not going to be 29-year-old Brianna in the next two years. My mindset and my ways are going to be different. So in my dating, I'm looking for someone who is able to evolve. So conversations are like, this is how I am. This is how I always be. Or mm-hmm. like simple-minded conversation, like simple thinking conversations or simple trail conversations. I'm thinking like, okay, this person may not be able to evolve with me, mm-hmm. especially in the next two years. If the you know, so. Um, but to answer your question, the trauma you said, why is has has trauma impacted relationships? Right. What was the question? Yeah. How has trauma? How has trauma I'll- impacted? Yeah, um, the modern day relationship. For sure. Um, you know, trauma causes us to be mindful of patterns um, <laughs> and not repeating the cycles twice. Mm-hmm. So I believe a lot of people are more conscious of what resembles certain things. Um, I do believe if you grew up in a crazy household, and you see characteristics of your mother or your father, like the bad characteristics of your mother and your father and someone that you're dating, you're probably not going to go that route mm-hmm. because you've seen what the, you've been a byproduct of that route, you know? Um, so I think it, it just, I feel like our trauma is causing us to be mindful and be cautious um, and aware of, you know, those patterns and just really diving deep into the true character of character of a person um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think that question can go so many ways that question can go so many ways because as i'm talking i'm literally thinking of another aspect that you know it kind of affects us in which is great i'm glad you asked trauma can also <laughs> trauma causes you know if you aren't like i say i'm speaking from I think I'm I'm pretty whole. I'm a whole individual. You know, I can walk into any situation and still be 100% me. Um, not conform. Not mm-hmm. think that I'm not enough in any situation. So for the person who's not whole in their life, I do believe trauma can turn them into a toxic, um, manipulative mm-hmm. individual. You know, but Go. it just... You said, what? Go there. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, 
when when trauma is dealt with in a bad you know there's some of us out here that it, all of us experience trauma it's what you do with your trauma mm-hmm. at the end of the day for those of us who experience yeah. trauma it's like oh i don't want to repeat that cycle and i want to be mindful that that cycle isn't repeated around me so let me do the work within me and around me to make sure that this cycle isn't repeated so some of us mm-hmm. take trauma and we blend it up and we make a really great smoothie and we're able to do life better with people and with ourselves. There's some of us that get trauma. We hide it away. We create stones with it. We, we put it, we like cement it and make it these rocks. And then we hurt other people around us mm-hmm. with that trauma. Oh, I didn't have my dad. So this that's the reason why I'm like this so... compared to someone that's like, oh, I didn't have my dad. So, you know, I gained this. I, I value mentorships with men to uh strengthen that aspect of me i'm submitted to god i'm reading his word about what a father is i trust god to show me all the things that my father wasn't able to i also read books to do this this and this there's many ways so you can either be on the side that blends it up and makes a great smoothie to present to the world or you can be one who you know literally cast it and cement and causes harm to the people who are around you i'm dropping knowledge for free and they ain't yeah. paying me for this yeah. They ain't paying me for that. <laughs> they ain't paying me enough. Yo. Oprah? Yo. Tyler? They're not paying me for this. Look, yeah. They're <laughs> <laughs> not. Look, don't, don't, don't give them too much, bro. Nah, you know, once, once I start going, it's just, why hide the truth from the people? What are you doing? Are you killing people with your trauma? You busting people up inside the head with your trauma? Are you really trying to work on it to be a better person? And 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 like you know, let let's even talk about that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, some people enter relationships um, with the expectation that their partner is supposed to be the one that heals them or cures Mm -hmm. them from this trauma, right? Thoughts. Thoughts on that person. No, nobody can hear your trauma but Jesus Christ Himself. My huh? God. Um, <laughs> I mean, a book can teach you how to cope with it. You know, you can get very great skills on coping with it, on mm-hmm. growing from it, and things like that. Deliverance from trauma comes from the Holy Spirit, and that's my, that's my that is what I'm sticking to. Um, our creator in heaven knows and has the ability to purify all the things. It is not going to be a little bit of sage. It's not going to be crystals. It's not going to be any type of like Talk thing about that, it. That, the, about that the world possesses that can truly deliver you from your trauma. But as an adult, you know, with great resources, God blesses people like therapists. God blesses mm-hmm. people um, like counselors and whatever. You know, we're too young. What you talking about? We're too young for what? We're we're too young for so and because I I, again, you know, I got a whole little scripty script, and so you know, I I did some research, and you know, Mm -hmm. the common um excuses is we're too young to be going to therapy. Why? Um, what was who said that? Why did you say that? That's so nuts. We we shouldn't. But you got molested at four years old. What do you mean? Yeah. And and like you know what I'm saying like that that's where it's like what do you mean like you know so it's it's almost like you know in in our generation um and not all relationships 
but you know, you you have those relationships where either the man or the woman is like, no, we're too young for therapy. We shouldn't be um, going through all of this um, right now or da, 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 da. So they quick to leave. It's like, what are you talking about? What are we yeah, talking about here? That's brazy. That's brazy. Um, I, it's, it's just people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people's outlook on what therapy is or counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a doctor for your thoughts, the your mental. Right. We start mm-hmm. going to the doctor as soon as we come out the womb. We got a checkup here. A couple weeks later, we got a shots here. We are literally visiting the doctor as soon as we come out of our mother's womb. Um, until we leave this earth, right? The same needs to be for our mental health. And I feel like as we evolve, you know, by the time we are old and gray, um, uh, mental therapy and counseling may be the norm. Um, it may be something that is recommended or like set in stone, like a physical doctor, uh, which it mm-hmm. should be, because there's a lot of crazy people out here and there's a lot of people that think they know what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they really got it wrong you know, um, or they just don't know how to process their own thoughts or process, you know, their experiences and things like that. So um, I I think that that mindset most definitely, <laughs> it that is a comment that is uh, uh, driven based on someone's views of therapy and counseling. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that is the truth for all people because a lot of people's views are different. I know oh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's getting better within our, our, the black male community, um, but yeah. Brothers, I'm proud of y'all, man. Yeah, so the more, and that's and that's a beautiful thing, and oh, I yeah. know some, some people use it just to, you know, pull girls or whatever, but if you're really in there <laughs> unpacking and being honest with yourself, being honest with this person who's there to help you, I feel like it will be just as impactful as going to the gym and bench pressing. 212, 220, 250, or squatting mm-hmm. 4, 445. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is literally the doctor in the gym for your mind. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we can change like the stigma, um, you know, about therapy um, in the near future. So, you know. All right, boom. I got I got two more questions for you. Okay. I, two more out of the second segment? Uh yeah. Oh, well, wow. no. Well, it's oh, one more the first segment. But I got this bonus question for you. Okay. Good. Let's get it. So, what is a common misconception about relationships and where do we begin to fix the problems? common misconception about relationships and how do we begin to fix the problem um i think a common misconception about relationships is that a relationship will make you feel better um go there brie (laughs) it's not it's actually gonna what you say it's gonna reveal all your insecurities that's what it's gonna do Um, if you're actually not in a good place with yourself um mentally and emotionally um and if you're a poor communicator, <laughs> if you are literally not that great at life, jumping into a relationship is going to be a burden and not mm-hmm. a blessing. Um, I truly believe that, you know, that self-work must be done. And a lot of times, you know, it, just think of the science behind ourselves. Our brain, for sure, our brain isn't fully developed until we're 25 years old. 
mm-hmm. meaning we can't really make solid rational choices yeah. um, until we're 25 years old and knowing that the our male counterparts mature later than us mm-hmm. right that might look like 27 or 32 we never know yeah but it, it, you uh-huh. know like we gotta think you know you know you know <laughs> so um just think about the science behind it when it when are you actually mentally mature um do research on when you're emotionally mature do research on actually becoming emotionally mature um oh, like man. i say the greatest cheat code in life is submitting to the creator is submitting to god the father jesus christ you know accepting him into your life so he can help you unpack all this stuff I would hate for you to be 45, 47, and you've been reading every book on the block, and you're still just as poor mentally and emotionally as before. Like, you have all this knowledge, but you have nothing to actually help you through it. Um, The Holy Spirit is most definitely a helper. Um, I believe that the only reason why my life is the way it is, the only reason why I'm successful, the only reason why I'm mentally and emotionally sound and clear the only reason why I'm a solid individual is because of the Holy Spirit. Without Jesus Christ, I could be, should be pregnant with kids. I should be, um, I should be bashing people's head with the trauma um, mm-hmm. that I've gone through. I should be a poor communicator. I should be mad at the world. You know, like without the Holy Spirit, I would be a completely different person. Mm-hmm. With him, it has made me a completely, per- it has made me a person that I did not think I could be, you know, especially this early in life. Um, mm-hmm. And I talked to people at one point in my life, I was upset about um, not having mentees and people around me like, my mentee, yeah, they're younger than me. They would have little high school mentees and that, 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 that. I'd be like, Lord, I want some mentees. I want to mentor some people. He said, Brianna, everyone you mentor is older than you. So what does that tell you? Wisdom is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the books that I've read. I didn't start like really diving into self-help books and, you know, mental awareness, not mental awareness, but just um, better habit books until I was about 28, 29, right? I've mm-hmm. had, I've been mentoring people older than me prior to that since I had the Holy Ghost. You know, because the Holy Spirit, the Bible lets us know that wisdom is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Common sense is a gift from God as well. Yeah. Um, and that's in the Bible, you know. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so I would say most definitely submit um, and you'll do life better in all aspects. I don't remember the question, but that's what I was led to say. So that like that works. And mm-hmm. then this this little bonus question. Let's go um, bonus. So I was having a conversation. Me and Ross always have conversations, as you know. Yeah. Um, and so um he had mentioned, you know, he said it's it's hard nowadays for individuals to be in a relationship for however long and then get out and be able to literally just be friends or you know, just continue on. Mm-hmm. Um doing life together just not together mm-hmm. um and so the question is um he oh he said um you know a lot of times they hate they start to build a hate or resentment for that person mm-hmm. um so the question says um the bible doesn't teach us to hate for sure so 
society would have you think if this relationship didn't work with this person, cut them off because of X, Y, and Z. It's, it's a simple question. Is that emotional maturity? Or what what is it? I think it deals with two things. Um, yes, emotional maturity, but for sure the spirit of God gave you the okay. If mm -hmm. you submitted to God and was like, Lord, I'm really wanna know if I should be with this person, like what are your thoughts? You cool with it? Like what's going on? Like what's going on? And you didn't get mm -hmm. enough from God. If you submitted to God, if you went, if you took that thing to God, I feel like the aftermath of it, if both of you all took it to God and say you know, you thought that's what it was and it didn't work out. You mm -hmm. took it to God, meaning yeah. that your flesh wasn't the deciding factor on whether or not you got into this relationship. You were actually submitted to something, right? Yeah. So say it doesn't work, you can all say, hey, y'all, like, this was great for a season. This might not be the best thing that God has for us right now, but you should be amicable afterward. You should be able mm -hmm. to be that. You know, but it, like I say, it, I, I truly believe it boils down to the spirit that was behind it. Now, if you were just jumping into a relationship for the perks of being in a relationship, for the benefits to say you're in a relationship, to post it, to do mm -hmm. it, to not show up to the party by yourself. Like, yeah, that's going to hurt a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's going to feel a little weird. If, especially if the Lord told you that that wasn't the person for you, especially if you didn't get the okay. Like, especially if you got a nod, that's not it. And if mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense for your relationship with God, you know, like, yeah, that's going to feel a little funky. Um, but I do believe in those relationships that, you know, and in this, what I'm learning is that a lot of times we think as believers, we get into a relationship and that's the end all be all. That's the person we're going to marry. Uh -huh. If we look at life and the people that God allows us to meet through different seasons of our life, everything is a lesson. It's either going to show you what you need to work on, show you how you've grown, expose some things over here, you know, give you an opportunity to connect with someone. And that might be it for a season. The Lord may have wanted you to be in a, that relationship for five months because it needed to work on something inside of you. And that's cool. After that season is over with, be okay with God transitioning. <laughs> I posted this yesterday. Um, like, understanding that life is full of seasons and swift transitions made me be able to do life better and easier. Mm -hmm. I'm not, but I thank him for the moment that it happened. I thank him for what I learned. I thank him for the stretching and the correcting that might have come with it. That surely came with it. Oh, yeah. And then I keep it going. All right, Lord, I trust you. What's next? It got to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, no, I don't think you should hate someone after a breakup. Um, that probably means there was something for going on in the midst. Either that person, somebody was in there for the wrong reason. Um, I, I just, it, that, that gets really sticky. I think it gets really, really sticky, um, especially if it wasn't like a cheating thing, the reason yeah. why y'all are, you know. Um, but a lot of times, you know, these emotions, <laughs> I'm out of there. I'm out of there. That's a sticky situation. But like I say, for me, life became a whole lot easier when I realized that life, God, is about seasons and sweet mm -hmm. transitions. And someone may come into your life for a season to
to help you, it teach you something, to straighten you out, to force you to get it back together or propel you into the next, right? I should mm-hmm. show you something that was inside of you that you didn't know. Life causes that the Lord will allow stuff like that. He don't care about our like, he really doesn't care about our feelings. He don't really care about that, but he cares about our growth. And Fact. sometimes what we take as offenses, oh, the Lord hurt my feet. Why would he let this happen? Yeah, he needed to grow me. And this is how he chose to do it. I put all my chips <laughs> in one basket. There was this thing that it was like Kobe said, um, what happens if you put all your eggs in one basket? What, what's going to happen? You just get some more eggs and make another, ba- like you just make another batch of eggs and put them in another basket. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got to think, yeah, we just, uh, the thought process about life. My life what? is not my own. So at all. Yeah. So I'm, I'm most definitely aware that anything can change. Shoot. Anything can change. Anything. Has happened. You know, today I'm like, oh, that's for sure my husband. And tomorrow the Lord's like, nope, I just needed to grow you. Mm-hmm. Do you still trust me? Yes, Lord, I trust you. Okay, get up. Let's go. That's the Lord. That's how he does me. I don't know about y'all. And I, I think, you Thank know, one, one of the biggest things that you literally just said is, well, and it's something that I've been saying, like, yo, you can never fail. Like, you literally, like, you cannot have, in my opinion, a failed relationship. Right. If God is the head of one, if one, if you're submitted to him and he's the head of your relationship, because even if that relationship fails, you learn, he taught you a valuable lesson within that. Mm-hmm. So how, how can, how can he fail? Right. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, that's man. Ah, we got to do a live podcast. Too. I look, I'm, 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 <laughs> I am down with it. So, man, yeah, thank you, Brianna, for taking the time. To have a much needed conversation per usual, yeah. Um, yeah. and just assisting me, you know, yeah. with with starting um, the conversation. Um, any closing comments? Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I truly enjoyed it, and I hope we get to do it again. This conversation has stretched me and shown me that there's stuff inside of me that I need to say that makes sense, you know. So. I appreciate you for this we, moment. Yeah. We definitely will be doing this again. <laughs> um, y'all, please be sure to follow Brianna on Instagram at Brianna D. Barnes. E-R-I-A-N-N-A. The letter, letter D as in dog. Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S. And if y'all need any, I mean, any type of media needs, her website is www.b as in boy, d as in dog, mm.group. And when I say any media needs, look, I'm going to play some clips where she corrected my media. (laughs) So look, she, yes, she, she's that person to go to 
And also be sure to follow us on Instagram at underscore cave, underscore talk, underscore podcast. Until next time, I pray that God blesses you and that God keeps you.